0: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Doctor Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly D.
1: Hey, Schmagamagav, it's me, Ralph Vieira, and with me is.
2: Oh yeah! The Ayatollah Alcohol of What's up,
1: brother? Yeah. Going on, I, I think we have a guest this oh, week. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, we, we have a guest and uh, maybe he'll be the cure for the hangover that I have from last night's episode. Because Boy, I was in a mood and I kept partying after last night's and I'm paying for it today. But maybe the cure for that is coming across the pond from Germany. It's Mr. T. Welcome.
3: Uh, I don't think I'm going to be the cure after what you guys are kind of saying about this album already.
1: I didn't say anything. <laughs> I did not say anything. That it was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ian. Um, before, before we get into the show, Ian, I have been wanting Mr. Yes. T on this show because I have something to tell him. And Uh-oh. I guess. I guess my, tell my, you,
3: my butthole's puckering. Okay, uh,
1: let's, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> I, guess, I guess tell Ian, too. Uh, when me and Ian were on the outs, during that time, I can't, I, 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 I'll tell you off the air, because I don't remember who it was that sent me this, but he said, dude, check this out and go to this mark on a rock and metal combat episode that I was not on. So fast forward to a part where you're bitching, Ian. All water under the bridge. I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. But Ian, Ian's bitching because a certain idiot that we banned. Uh, the guy, I forget his name. He went under the guy from Gore. The guy, Odorous, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know so, what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, he, he said to you during this time that mm-hmm. I was on my radio show. And, I, you know, it's been so long to tell you the truth. I don't remember what it was that he said I said on my radio show. Something about, you know, I, I don't know, the show sucks or whatever without me. Or I don't know what he said. But you'd have to go back and listen to that episode. And Ian is 100% believing this shit. 100%. And Mr. T is like, I don't believe Ralph said that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Mr. T's a pimp. Well, because I, I was listening to your stuff. I knew you weren't
3: saying that shit.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. You know, I mean, yeah, that guy. That guy would tell you and he's saying this and that, and this and that. It's the same guy that called the fifteen-year-old girl a cunt on my radio show chat. Yeah, yeah, great. Oh, dude. That's, well, that, yeah. yeah. That's fine. Oh, he. Although, for what it's worth, a lot he's of long places.
2: Gone.
3: For what it's oh, yeah, worth, no. a lot of places, "cunt" is like almost an in Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: but
4: yeah.
1: He, well, you talk about somebody that disappeared. I don't even remember. All I remember, he went through the name of the guy from Gore, but I know he had a couple other names.
2: Yeah, he had a couple other. I, my final straw with him is
1: uh, he made some
2: um, comments about Daniela Hill, and, and, and I was like, "You're gone. You're gone." Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and, and I know he attacked. He attacked the girl too. I mean, she's older now, but I know she was a kid at the time. Well, that was on your radio show, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I banned him. I banned him when he did that.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, we, we attract <laughs> we attract the coolest people and the fucking dumbest people. Yeah. And uh, that, that's always been, I think, the genius and the curse of our show. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we definitely get the best and the worst. But uh, you know, the, the worst don't survive, you know.
1: No, they're a in memory where I can't even remember their name. I just remember you went under the guy from Gore. That's all I remember.
3: Yeah, yeah and it's like sewing, you know, poor uh, Odorous's reputation when he rests in Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> Um, Yes, God forbid some some gullible person like me out there thought it was really odorous. Yeah. He's only been
3: dead a few years. Somebody idiot who believes
2: everything they hear on Facebook.
3: (laughs) Uh, I know Uh. some of those.
1: (laughs) He came came up with, like, I don't know, four or five screen names because he kept getting banned everywhere. He was banned everywhere, and he's like, I got to make another screen name so I can get back in those groups. Weird. Yeah. Well, uh, and the worst,
2: did you see, what was the last name he was going under? No. Uh, Mark Alvin Taylor. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, true story. Uh. <laughs> At least that's what I believe. Free for oh, all. Well, friend. it is free. It yes. Yes. And I believe he was a founding member of Crips, too.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh, boy.
2: Oh, man. But, you know, it is great to have you back, Mr. T. And, uh, man, you always you always pick some weird fucking shit. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, I have some. This, this one, uh, you know, we got to go on Ralph with this because you gave him four albums to choose from, and Ralph handpicked this one. Uh yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get back to the other one. I know uh, The Pixies was one of them.
3: Yeah, I, I know that was not going to happen.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would have gladly done that, but I don't think Ralph is a Pixies fan. You don't uh, think? You don't think? Yeah. <laughs> do, do you, do you fuck remember Pixies? <laughs> do you remember offhand, Mister T, the other two? Uh, that one, uh
3: was? one was the Cars debut, which I thought would actually be the one that was the pick. Yeah. So
4: right. Um,
3: and fuck if I remember the fourth one at this point.
1: Well, Well, there's not not enough Devo we've done. I'm like, let's do Devo.
4: (laughs) And and I I chose
3: this one, yeah.
2: (laughs) And and this was the the, the least one uh, that I wanted to do. But, I mean, I had never heard this album. I just, out of what you you threw me, I'm like... "Ah." You know, and and I don't mind Devo. I'm definitely... um, a casual Devo fan, but I just knew this was going to be work for me, uh, and work it was. But that's what we're paid to do, Ralph, for a little yeah. while long.
1: Yeah, but uh,
2: before we get into this, uh, we got some news to get into, hot off the press. Uh, huh. Even though, you know, we just did news last night, new shit pops up every day. And Fozzie's Chris Jericho, who I've shared the stage with, believes... Focusing on singles rather than full-length full albums is better for music. And I got to say, I agree, especially with people who can't write good songs. You know, th- this way you don't have to do 10 or 12 of them. Just do yeah. one shitty song.
4: Yeah.
3: I, I think it's funny that, you know, he's come up with this idea, what, 15 some odd years after iTunes became the thing and kind of made it the thing anyway. It's like, you know, there's no point in for a lot of these folks to make albums a shitload of filler, which no one's going to want to hear, especially this stuff. And, yeah. you know, just put out a single, act like it's the 50s again, you know, shit out a couple of singles every now and then, you know, put together an album out of that, if you so desire. But, you know, he, he's discovered this, like, you know, 15 years later, which, you know, I'd say, you know, big ups to Chris Jericho.
2: Well, it, it is funny, you know, how you mentioned the 50s, how things come back around, because that used to be what it was, you know, it wasn't until, you know, really the 60s, and you know, I would say the Beatles being the frontrunner of, yeah. of the, the album art form, uh, but I think that was a sign of uh, just the progression of music, uh, people taking the art more seriously, being less throwaways, but now everything's coming back around again, because you see music in general... Is less about the art form and more about just a fucking let's throw out a novelty single. And you see, particularly in pop music and rap, uh, Mm -hmm. that's what these people are—they're they're they're one-hit wonders. You know, they're not true art. They have a video that has a dance behind it that everybody's doing on TikTok. You know, and it's more about that than it is the actual song. Uh, And it is—it's easier for people like this. It's easier to you know just write one song than an album full of. Uh, good ones, and I'm wondering if this is, you know, in a way, a fallback on what we suffered during the CD age, where now all of a sudden, you know, you've got, you know, an hour and 20 minutes plus of music, oh, and they're not all was winners. Fucking,
3: that was fucking brutal. That yeah. was, uh, Jesus Christ. I don't want to sit through, like, you know, an hour and a half of your stuff when I know a lot of this crap
2: was not going to make it if it have
3: been on vinyl.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and even... I mean, I can think of a lot of good albums that came out during the CD age that still would have benefited from, you know, less songs. And you could have even took some of those songs and put them on the next fucking album, and it would have helped make that next album stronger.
3: Yeah. And you were talking about the 60s. I was thinking, I was thinking you know, like Creedence, they shat out a bunch of singles and threw it together as an album later, usually. And the yeah. one of few times they didn't was fucking Mardi Groff.
1: What a piece right. of shit that was. Well, you know, you know, and and related news, Fozzie sucks and who cares?
3: Yeah, there's that point too. (laughs) Hey,
1: hey, I I
2: enjoyed it when they were a cover band. (laughs) You know, that was fun. Uh, You know, I I saw him and I'm on the, you go on YouTube, I'm on the MTV special. Uh, I saw him in Orlando. And that was fun. But when he started taking this shit seriously and writing original material, oh, Lord. (laughs)
1: Well, honestly, if I was you, Ian, I'd sue MTV for putting me on a special associated with Posse.
3: (laughs) Oh, talking about MTV specials. um, I remember this. Um, MTV had this... This is when I was still living in Chicago and I was working in this law firm. This is like the early 2000s. And they had some, like, real life or true life, whatever. And it was about, I guess, like, you know, like, sex in the digital age type shit whatever I don't know it's I I don't remember or modern dating whatever and they focused on the guy uh, Tucker Max who I guess he's still around he's like kind of just professional douchebag and and he goes yeah I've I've, you know I've hooked up with all these girls blah 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 and I'm meeting this girl tonight at this bar oh by the way Tucker Max is living in Chicago at the time and so I'm watching this and he's meeting this girl in this bar and, you know, and she's kind of cute and whatever. And, but he's like, he's like just totally shitting on her. And eventually she ends up leaving. And he ends up just puking in an alley by himself. But the thing is that that girl was a paralegal at the law firm that I worked at. <laughs> it's like, you signed that fucking waiver. <laughs> Why did you go on this?
2: <laughs> did you fuck her? No, I never did. Um, oh, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, then why'd you waste our time with that story? Because it was yeah, kind of yeah.
3: fun. It was like poor, you know, this poor dumb bitch who goes on this fucking show, and it's like, why'd you do this to yourself? Why'd you like you embarrass yourself with Jericho?
1: Why <laughs> I, mean, well, I, I dude, I'm sorry, man. If It was a little ass licking at the end of this, this show. Well, you know, like that, it would have been much better. Yeah, fair enough. But I guess
3: the current girl's ass I'm looking probably wouldn't have liked that too much. <laughs> so,
2: Oh, Ooh. man. Do, do, do tell. I take I, it you, you don't play Devo in the house. and That's how you get uh, ass <laughs> yeah, 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 I have
4: to. It's, uh, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, next story. Here's, uh, this is a funny one. Sebastian Bach shares an April Fool's Day post about a box set reissue of Some Human Race. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I was trying, this popped up right before we started recording, so I was trying to read it real quick, but it's a long fucking uh, thread. But it, it kind of seems like he was in on the joke, like he knew it was, you know, a, a joke and he was just reposed. At first I was like, thought he fell for it, but I think he's poking fun at it.
0: Like, yeah, god goddamn.
2: Wouldn't, wouldn't that be great, though? Because <laughs> to me, that is their best album. So,
1: uh, yeah, it would definitely be awesome. I would, I would buy it. Yeah, but, I mean,
3: yeah, that I would that would have been funny. If he, yeah, he didn't, he didn't realize it was a joke and he just posted it. But no, I think he did know it was a joke. Um, yeah. What kind of
2: idiot believes everything they
1: see on social media? Fucking morons. <laughs> well, well we can, at, least we can. at least Sebastian is, uh, you know, getting on the internet for, you know, from getting out of the fetal position of the guy that. <laughs> Replaced him in Skid Row, where now he's like, Holy shit, this guy blows me away! So he got out of the fetal position, did that April Fool's joke, then went back to the fetal position because Eric owns him in every which way. Even at his yeah. peak, he wasn't as good as this dude. It,
2: but to, to me, it, it doesn't matter what he does because they're not going to write any new shit that's going to have an impact. Hey, you know? it, hey, hey!
1: It matters to Sebastian.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I'm sure it probably does suck because he is probably the only replacement they have that can that can do it. You know.
4: Yeah.
2: So yeah, and it, but you know, Sebastian's probably happy because
1: doesn't this kid have cancer or some shit like that, or he's got no, something no, <laughs> he, he beat it. He beat it. Oh. Yeah, so sure. now
3: Sebastian's back in the fetal position.
1: Yeah, he, beat, he had a lymphoma, lymphoma. Yeah, wait till that shit comes back. He'll be jumping up and down like
2: I will when Sammy Hagar dies. <laughs> or they'll post
1: a pic- yeah, they'll post a picture of Sebastian on the website where Eric dies and, and Sebastian will get all pissed off. like When they did that with Johnny... When Johnny Soldier died, they put a picture of Sebastian. Sebastian came out on social media with no condolences He's sorry this guy passed away. Just yeah. Complaining about some website that put a picture <laughs> of him. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. He doesn't even say rest in peace or nothing. What the fuck? I didn't die. It was Sandra. It was the other guy.
0: Fuck off. And
3: yeah, then watching that singer dies, the skid row replace him with, we'll replace the singer with like Arnel Pineda or some shit like that. Wow. Uh, I say, <laughs> no,
0: they'll, that, they'll probably
2: get Jericho. <laughs>
3: yeah. were where, where they have like some little like sissy twitter fight a while ago or some shit that Sebastian and Jericho yeah yeah oh,
2: oh yeah <laughs> they, that, that, that's why it's so funny if Jericho ended up in fucking Skid Row uh, that would suck <laughs> actually I wish Sammy Hagar was doing Skid Row uh, <clears> that would ruin a bad band oh, <laughs> alright well the uh the identity has been released of the man who died at the Morbid Angel concert. Uh, Frederick Forrest Livingston Jr., uh, 50 years old,
0: was killed. Damn, that sucks, man.
1: Yeah. Car- horrible. Fucking heavy metal brother. You know, anybody that goes to a Morbid Angel show is like true metal to the core. Yeah. You know, I'm not even talking about a lead. It's just people that respect Morbid Angel. And goes and sees Morbid Angel. That's a metal motherfucker. Yeah. And I, was like I, think I was
3: like, I think only the only the first band had played, so he was there for like all the shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, he went early, you know? He went early to check out all the bands, man. So you gotta fucking look at uh, him.
2: Yeah, I could be wrong here. I, I think it happened right before Morbid Angel went on. I think there was like three or four bands on no, the film. No, I
1: think... No, I, think, was, oh, I think Oh, really? Only I think only one band played, and it happened between the first oh, okay. band and the second band. And yeah, there were like oh, three or four. Okay. Th- there was three or four bands on the bill, but I, I believe only the the first band played, and it happened in between sets. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah.
2: yeah. When I, I was talking yesterday about uh, this girl's uh, brother, you know, a friend of mine that went to to see Morbid Angel, said it was the most evil thing. <laughs> You know, he was talking about how, I guess, Trey, that's back when he was biting himself and shit. And, uh... Do you, you remember hearing stories about that? About him biting his arm and stuff on stage
1: and shit? No.
2: Yeah, he, he said it was, like, the this, this scariest fucking thing he ever went to, man. And, and then I listened to, like, two seconds of a Morbid Angel song, I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> you know, but this this is, like, way back then. You know, right. I ended up seeing him... I ended up seeing him years later open up for, uh um, Pantera. I think that's when it was like, I think it was like Morbid Angel and Soulfly, or it might have been Morbid Angel and Slayer.
1: Well, I had think. I had Morbid Angel and Soulfly. Yeah, maybe.
2: Yeah, then it was probably the same because you you're seeing them in Miami. I saw it in Orlando, so yeah, that's probably what it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it when I saw him. I think that was the Steve Tucker era. You know, I never got to see him with the. Uh, yeah. Dave
1: yeah. Man, to to me those first, really four albums, *Domination*, to me is, in my opinion, the greatest death metal ever. It's like the Black Sabbath of death metal was Morbid Angel to me. They're like the great, the goat. Those first four albums are untouchable, you know. So they're coming my way, and yeah, it's Steve Tucker, and you know, it's it's only two original members, I believe, but I don't care going to go hear the tunes, man. Uh, Trey is kind of like yeah, Eddie I, Va- Trey is the Eddie Van Halen of death metal, you know.
2: Right. Uh, I remember <laughs> what what a funny fucking episode. I think it was uh, Luke Ennis. Remember Luke Ennis? Uh, yeah. Luke and uh, Greg Barnes. I think had a show for a while where it was just the two of them, if I remember correctly. Right. And they're, they're they're- s- I think a third
3: person was on there, too.
2: You were on that one? Were you on the one where they did Morbid Angel?
3: That was Ironcast's first episode.
2: Oh, that was Ironcast? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, I drink a lot.
3: Okay. We did alters of Madness. That that was... Yeah. That was...
2: Yeah. That was, uh, I just,
1: that was a ahead, great work. name. That was a great name for a podcast. Thank you. That was Luke's idea.
4: Ironcast.
3: Yeah, you talk like yeah, you guys you like all the uh, the great people and all the shitty people. We we got like no people.
1: And yeah. So. yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, uh plug the Preform Rock podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> oh god. But yeah, I just remember God, sorry that I black you out for some reason of that. I, I just remember laughing at the, just the thought of greg barnes having to listen to that (laughs) you know and i love greg so much but you know elton's his wheelhouse (laughs) and then listen to that and i know it's not your wheelhouse either but just the fact that you know (laughs) i'm just picturing greg kind of crying a little bit as as each song plays
3: our i remember our first four episodes it was i mean what do we have we had we had that one was let's see Altars of Madness was number one. Number two was Carnival of Souls. Number three was the Ramones first album. And then number four was The Rocky Horror Picture Show. So we're like all over the fucking place early on. Um, which probably explains we didn't really get we got like a, 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 a steady small base, we're not like a not like <laughs> a large one kind of like, You're not you're this? not
1: gonna you're not gonna survive unless your co hosts ride from your coattails. Well, I was doing that. I was doing that for those two. No, no. You didn't, you didn't tug hard enough. Like, Ian, Ian's a professional tugger. He knows that. <laughs> he knows that. Yeah. Ride that shit. And when yes. you don't... and don't I, I, I... Yeah. <laughs> no,
2: I was just going to say, you talk about riding coattails. I know I talked to you about this at uh, Rockin' Pod, but I haven't mentioned on the show yet uh, an idea my wife came up with. Because she keeps getting on me to do something on YouTube like you do, and we're watching your videos, and uh, she goes, why can't you do something like this? I'm like, well, this is Ralph's thing. You know, I can't go on there and do a track by track. That's Ralph's thing. You know, what am I going to do? And she gave him the funny idea of doing a reaction video.
4: I was
3: thinking that too. Yeah, reaction to 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 Ralph. (laughs) Because
2: she said that that was the funniest thing was me watching Ralph on TV yelling at him because he's picking sabotage shit over Cheat Trick and I'm getting so upset. I'm like, no, come on, man. No, no, fucking,
0: way. no fucking way. You
2: know, and, but she's like, come on, you gotta, you gotta get on some of this YouTube money. You know what I'm like? Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, what would I, you know, God damn, I couldn't charge a whole lot, but maybe I might do that for to get on there hey, and you,
1: it, you. You could do your track like You know how many people have written me saying, hey, man, is it cool if I could do a track by like track on my channel? Well, I did do it. Fuck it, you know? I,
0: uh, yeah, but like I, everyone
1: I, can do that, you
4: know?
2: Yeah, but but it's, it's, it's your thing, you know? And you're so damn good at it. I mean, I laugh mm. so hard at those, those videos. And, you know, I, I'm kind of in the mind. Like, if, if I couldn't do it better than you, then why do it? You know, and I just think you nail it at that. But at least like my reaction, because it is funny. There is a you know a big market. I can't believe it, but there is for reaction videos. Oh.
4: Uh, you know, I know.
2: I think you even done a few early on, Ralph. Uh, yeah. But I, yeah. I I think that that would be funny just the fact that I'm still riding your coattails. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: and it's and it kind of revolves around the show. But uh, you know, as much as I love yours, there's not. Too many where I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I, yeah, that's what I think. That's what I think. There's always like a what the fuck, <laughs> you know. So I don't know. Maybe I might, I might do a couple, you know, and just see if anybody's interested. I, I can't believe uh, that people would pay for that. But then again, I can't believe people pay for anything on YouTube. So I, I might be surprised.
1: Hey, you know? just hey, just take a look at every Kiss merchandise. You know? People True. pay for, people will pay for anything.
3: True. Smash, like or subscribe.
1: and subscribe. And that's that's a good
2: idea because then I'd be taking money out of the hands of people who would potentially be spending it like on kiss toilet paper and kiss bobbleheads and shit.
1: <laughs> hey, I know I get money from them.
2: <clears throat> oh god. But, uh, all right. But, uh, yeah, sad, sad that this guy died. I, I know, I, you know, I made a few jokes on the last episode, but, uh, seriously, that sucks, man. He's a 50-year-old metalhead, you know?
1: Yeah, it sucks. uh,
2: And, uh, you know, nothing, nothing he did, you know, to deserve that shit. Um, and just a sad thing. And you know, uh, that there's going to be probably some blowback from this, you know, probably like the religious right. Like, yeah, that's what happens at death metal concerts stuff like that, you know. Right.
4: uh, But, uh, yeah, it's
2: just unfortunate. And then all the other people who were injured, because I I can only imagine out of the 28 injured, I'm sure there's probably some serious injuries, too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and then it makes me think of, uh, you know, that tragedy that happened at the Great White Show that, you know, of course, has been a butt of so many jokes, but I actually had a friend, well, I mean, I still have him, uh, he's from Rhode Island you know, as everybody knows, Rhode Island is you know, the smallest fucking state and he he knew a ton of people who were at that great white show, including survivors and people who passed away and uh, oh man, mm-hmm. you know it just sucks, you know you know, unfortunately it doesn't happen enough like at Travis Scott Conference I wish you saw more of that but <laughs>
1: we need less of them and more metalheads uh, yeah, And it would have been nice if Great White, like at that show where the fire happened, they only played songs off the first album. So that way, you know, they can go away. You know, they can perish to good music. And I'm not making no joke. I think that's terrible. You know what happened to those people at the Great White. But that's not. I'm not making a joke. I'm just saying it would have been better if they played, like you know, Street Killer when when the fire broke out.
2: Yeah, maybe that was Jesus punishing them for not playing shit off the first EP
1: yeah that, yeah so they died yeah to it's rock. like god damn
2: it you're playing shit off a psycho motel yeah
1: <laughs> they they died to rockety <laughs> hey that's
2: a crazy
1: yeah it is right <laughs>
2: yeah, I like it I like it yeah I can't wait to do my ranching video when somebody pays for you to do great white now once better. oh yeah That'd be
1: awesome. I I think I I think I have done a later Great White one. I think. I think it was Hooked. I did hook. Oh
2: man, I saw him on the Hook Tour. I like some songs on that. Oh, a tour? the Hook Tour. (laughs) Or or no, uh, if I if I remember correctly, uh, because they they put out and this is when they were way past their prime and Grunge was taking over. Uh, they put out two albums like real back to back. It was Hooked and then uh, Psycho Motel came out, I think not less than a year after that. So I think when I saw them on the Revenge Tour, it was technically the Psycho Motel Tour when it was them and Trickster opening up for Kiss on the Revenge Tour.
1: Oh my God, what a killer lineup.
2: Oh my God. And and what's even worse, I, I mean, if there is such a thing, it was Trickster's second album. (laughs) oh god that was even worse than the first
1: you know you know (laughs) i got i got a funny funny uh youtube uh, comment not too long ago because i did a story on ace raley you know attacking paul and gene and in that story it says and ace really working with steve brown from trickster and i went oh boy i said something like that yeah well somebody left the comment going what's your problem Steve Brown's an awesome guitar player. Super awesome. I think it's really <laughs> lame. I think it's really lame you're making fun of him. And I'm like, I ain't replying to this guy. But I didn't delete him either. I was like, nah, stay on my channel. <laughs> and enjoy enjoy my, my little trickster. Yeah. I mean, seriously. All right, fine. You like trickster and shit. But what the fuck, dude? Let me hate trickster in peace. Fuck off.
2: Yeah. I, I,
3: I, let, him, let him stay on your channel. Let him help your algorithm. Don't ban that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember
2: a friend of mine buying that first tripster album on cassette. And I was just <laughs> Why? Why? And you gotta
3: because, think, no, because.
2: think back to when it came out though, <clears throat> you know, I was listening to a lot of crap myself. And even to me, that was like, No, no, no. <laughs> we got we gotta draw the you know, I'm rocking cherry pie. And I'm like, No, <laughs> no, this is not good. This
0: sucks.
3: <laughs> but, but you put it on cassettes. because cassette's gonna like you know destroy itself within like a year or two because they're always such oh, shitty quality
1: <laughs> that, that's, that's, why, I, I that's that exact that is exactly why Trickster back then should have just released their music on cassettes because in two, two years nobody's gonna give a fuck and that cassette will be broken by then Yeah, oh it, man, it, that'd be beautiful like music that the music that disappears, you know what I'm saying? They yeah. just, like, like, a, like, a band like Trickster would be awesome if they were just stuck around for a year, then they disappeared, and every copy that the music was on was destroyed.
3: Yeah, it's like my uh, music <laughs> collection when I was a kid, it was either, like, vinyl or cassettes. I chose, like, the most retarded system that you oh, I always get cassettes, because I had a cassette player in my car. Oh, that's great, and then they're all fucking uh-huh. gone i then like you'll rebuy if, half the shit in the CDs later, but
1: if you know if uh, you, uh if Trickster's music disappeared, you know what kind of demand they would ask like for it to come back, like you know, a reissue? It'd be only Mark and Bushy that wrote that wrote that in. Two people. Two people.
3: Or, or KT reissue- metal compilation. If they reissue Trickster, it should only be on real
0: to
2: real. <laughs> I, I think you should really have to go out of your way you know you should have to buy I, I my uncle had a real-to-real system he had animals on real-to-real
1: well real-to-real yeah. was like real-to-real is like one of the best sounding formats.
2: yeah
1: yeah I, I'm sure it was
2: I mean I mean we're talking I'm this is late 70s you know some of my first memories I remember because it was so weird because it was different you know everything at my, you know, with my dad was on record, and and then go over to my uncle John's, and, and here he had this reel to reel. Like, what the fuck is this thing? Mm. And you know, I'm sure it was an expensive setup that he had, but what a short lived, you know, format. You know, and I get it. What a pain in the ass to fucking, you know, put all that <laughs> shit together and put it on there, and you know, get it fed through. But uh, yeah, I, I'm sure if I had a cop, you know. A copy of that right now would probably go for shit tons of money on the internet to some kid who probably couldn't even play it. Right. You know? uh, yeah, fuck trickster, trickster. Yeah, Steve Brown's so good. He he's the go-to guy for Death Leopard and one of their guitar players. is sick. I think
1: well, that's. It, it, it,
4: it, days.
1: To me, it looked like uh, his only fan was the one that wrote on my video the other day. Oh, god. Maybe maybe it was him maybe, it, yeah, maybe yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah, he, he, like Steve Brown Steve Brown is a lot like the guy that we used to do a show with that's always making comments yeah. about his show. That's actually him. Yeah. Queen, remember Queen Tube? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: uh, I still think it was wrong for Mark to prank call him and take her
1: voice. Yeah, yeah, well, what's up with that?
2: That that's mean. Mark you know, Mark's just vicious.
1: Great great impression you did of us though, I gotta say. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> him- Sounded just I'll- like us and for no. once for once he was funny. You
2: know?
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. No, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, he wait.
2: did run song. Yeah. But when when he did call him a waterhead, I thought that was that was <laughs> a
4: <poor case>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh that, <laughs> That's that's insensitive. The waterheads, you
1: know. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
2: Well, uh, we're kind of uh, short on the news because we just did one for an episode we recorded last night. But uh, I would like to pick Mister T's brain about mm-hmm. the music scene in Germany. And do you go to many concerts over there? See, to me, man, if I was in your fucking shoes. My ass would be. You go EFB. to Vakin? Yeah, I I go, I almost went to Vakin one year when uh, uh, um, when when I sold my house. The true story. When I sold my house, I was very stupid with the money that I got, and uh, I wish I would have kept it because I'd be in in a, in a better house now. But anyway, uh, mm-hmm. I looked into it, and they had uh, like all these affordable packages. The worst part was the was the plane trip. Well, yeah. But they had these packages where you could camp out on the grounds, and I came real close to pulling the trigger. And I think I waited so long that it fucking sold out, and that's the only reason um, I didn't get to go. But I, kn- I know you know, like metal's not really uh, your thing. Not that you hate all metal, but it, it's yeah. not your you know your go-to. I mean, there's, there uh, are
3: other festivals, and like there's I mean, Vakin. No, 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 Obviously, Bakken and the other another big one over here, Mira Luna. Um, they were shut down for like two some odd years. I mean, obviously, yeah. no one went in 2020. No one went in 2021. Voc and Rio started up again last year. They got it. They have a lineup set up for this year. Um, Mira Luna, I think, was shut down until this year. Now, Mira Luna, obviously, that's gonna be more up my alley. That's more goth. They do have some metal acts there, um, and they've got like electronic like synth pop stuff but it's it's very more eclectic i'd probably go to that one and that is in like um it's usually in august and i think vacken what is vacken normally is um
2: the usually in august too
3: they might be because it's like one of the few yeah they're both in august i think yeah it's because like that's august like one of the few good months over here weather especially in northern germany um but i think they're both in the north i know um yeah, yeah Mirror Luna's in Hildesheim and that is in That's in Lower Sa- that's in Zox, Lower Saxon. That's, that's up in the north. And Våken is way the fuck north. You're close to you're getting close to like you're in you're near Denmark for that one.
2: So
3: um, how how long how long of a trip would that be for you to go to Våken? I'd say by train. Um about maybe six hours or so, maybe seven. Obviously, a plane's a lot faster. Um, plane, plane would be like less than an hour or so, and and it wouldn't be much. I, I, I take you I it's like an hour. Or six. I've I've flown from Frankfurt to Berlin. I've flown from Frankfurt to Hamburg, and this is and, and the province where Vaken happens is north of Hamburg. So it would probably be like I think I, I think the flight to Hamburg was like maybe. Hour twenty. It's been a while since I've been to Hamburg. Um but yeah, so it's like way the fuck north of Germany and like you know you gotta do it I think August by the last time also if I remember correctly like August like the sun goes down super late in the summer over here. Um, especially the further north you get. Like you're talking like maybe like eleven PM sunsets and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so But
2: yeah. I just, I would love for something like that here, man. I saw, like, a video where Bakken's so huge now, they put, like, millions of dollars into just, like, the drainage so they could have better plumbing for toilets and everything. And, I mean, they really, that's such a big deal now. And I think a lot of Americans, especially, you know, us Metal fans, would kill to have an opportunity. And you're just like, Yeah. Eh, eh,
3: Well, I mean, I... I, I yeah, I mean granted I don't
2: wanna see I don't wanna see Dragon Force either,
3: but I'd still go, you know. Who's playing like this year? I think it's his take a look. Oh. Oh.
2: I mean there's oh. always good bands and then there's Oh yeah, there sh- is yeah, that's that's there's band. a lot of uh, shitty, you know, European
1: metal bands to me. To be honest, you, you know, honest I g I gotta be honest, man. I'm getting old. I would not wanna sit out in the sun for ten hours to see a festival. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Put it in. Put it inside, man. With AC. I'm an old guy. I don't want to be out all day.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of wondering. Last night after we did our episode, um, you know, the wife was so sweet. You know, she knows my birthday's coming up in May, and there's a, you know, I still haven't been to a concert here in Seattle, and everybody comes here, and I, I told her I was upset because. Uh, Mr. Bungle I wanted to go but I kind of waited on it but I forget that I'm in a town that not only does every band come to Seattle but you got a lot of you know cool fans here this the, the show sold out and, uh, and and she still she went and got tickets off a of scalper last night so got me tickets to the bungle uh, but <laughs> she's like should I go with you or should you take our son <laughs> and I'm like and I'm just thinking, like, oh shit, there's going to be some pits. There's probably going to be nowhere to sit. Uh, I think there's like five bands because it's like the Melvins uh, Bungalow, and I think three other bands. And I'm just kind of thinking, like, fuck, we are getting old now. I don't know. I got to <laughs> look at this venue and see. Like, do we got to be those old people that get there, like, right when it opens just so we can claim a seat? <laughs> you know, like, find, find that one table and sit there? Because uh, I say that. I don't mind it, but, you know, Ralph brought up a good point. You know, there's some times now where I'm at a show and I'm just like, oh, like we at the horrible Kiel Fest, I just wanted to sit down somewhere and it was so limited. But I think part of that was because I hated the music, too. I think if I was more involved, like fucking, you know, Baco got there and that, that dumbass, he just loves him some fucking Keel. But he was smart enough to not get there until Keel was coming on. But he was out there the whole night. You know the whole fucking night standing
3: up watching that fucking garbage. Um, hey, you know I'm gonna just get, get back on just get back on back real quick. I took a look through the band list, and uh, here's some of the here's some of the acts they have. Um, the schedule for this year: um, Iron Maiden, we've got Megadeth, Marty Friedman's also there, and that wonderful metal band Dropkick Murphys. <laughs>
2: But I will say, I like that, though, about European uh, festivals. I like when you have different shit, even if it's something I don't like. That was, yeah. you know, I thought was the appeal of the uh, Lollapaloozas, which even, I'm not, I never mm-hmm. went to a single yeah. one, but I liked that you would see different acts, and I think European audiences are much more open to different stuff like that than we are over here. It seems like everything has to be the fucking same,
4: mm-hmm. and...
2: Uh, And that's unfortunate. But even though, yeah, I would not want to watch the Dropkick Murphys. Because I'm a self hate Irishman. But uh, I I think it's cool that they are on the bill.
3: Is is shipping up to Boston your ringtone?
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I was into that before The Departed.
4: Uh, (laughs)
2: Goddammit. But, uh, yeah, man. Well, where are you at? How close are you to that shithole, France? Because France has Hellfest, which is another really good um,
3: yeah, i mean i'm a lot closer to france than i am to say oh
2: god i can only imagine the smell does it smell where you're at is like when if the well, winds are blowing from France,
3: frankfurt's got its own wonderful smell it's part of its charm um, <laughs> so we, we don't we don't get like cheese and armpit smell so bad over here um.
2: but i mean do you go to a lot of shows in germany I mean, regardless I've been to of the a genre few, of like
3: the, one, the one I've debated going to, like I mentioned, was Mira Luna. Um, but that was, it was. I think this year is the first year they've done it since before the pandemic. Um, there, I've been to a few, like I've, I've some indie acts I've seen over here, <coughs> usually like in small clubs. Um, I debated going to see Ghost when they were here last year, but they played it like... Um, the big arena. I'm like, I don't know anyone else wants to go to this. I don't want to go to an arena show by myself. It seems kind of fucking weird. Um, so I didn't, but, um, but you know, a lot, I mean, we don't get a shitload of acts. I mean, since I've been in Frankfurt, I think Kiss has been here like three times at least. Um, hopefully I know more, but you know, we do get like a variety. I think we do get more metal acts probably here than you say you would in a lot of places in the States because, I mean, you know, metal is still more accepted in Europe than there's, I'd say, in the U.S. at this point. Um, and anyway, they'll play, and they'll play it, in uh, bigger arenas and bigger venues.
2: How is it cost-wise to see a show in Europe? Is it very expensive? Is it kind of like America where, you know, it's just getting more and more expensive and, like, your drinks are through the roof and stuff like that? or is it? Conce-
3: yeah, concessions are going to be through the roof, obviously, but um, we've not been getting ticket-mastered to speak so I mean tickets are relatively reasonable I I mean let's hear let's you know what since you since you brought it up before let's take a look and see what uh what Bakken's prices are now remember this is like a big-ass wow. festival yeah. that has uh, like thing you know, I'm saying this is like you know this is gonna be like the higher-end type shit so this is like a big-ass festival that has um you know, like multiple days and, you know, there's different, you know, if you either get camping, uh, or camper park, um, let's see here, camping, rental tents. Tickets, how much are fucking tickets? Come on, this website sucks. Um, um Let's see. Tickets for Valken are, I have no idea how much they are. This website is terrible.
2: All right, for, for the sake of pacing, just make
3: something <laughs> up. I don't know, it's <laughs> probably, it's probably, it's probably like maybe at least 100 euros or so. It's yeah, like,
2: how,
1: how about, how about that Devo? <laughs> well, well, no, well, well, no, I'm D, just curious. Devo's
3: like, mocking this year. Yeah, that's right. They're, um, they're going yeah. to... Uh, so that wouldn't
1: surprise me.
3: They're going to resurrect. Uh, they're going to animate um, both Alan and Bob 2. And... <laughs> but, but be, they're, uh, they're
2: only playing songs off the Run rat soundtrack.
3: Yes. Because that's what Mark wants. Yeah.
2: But but no, I, but, but what I was getting at is, say, like a, a typical club show, like... Uh, compare your francs to American dollars. Is it like twenty, thirty bucks, or would it be more than that?
3: I spent fifteen to go see the Joy Formidable at a small clubbish. That would have been at this point. It's like fifteen euros is about seventeen dollars. You went, you oh. went,
1: you went and saw a band called the Joy of what? The Joy
3: Formidable. <laughs> it's it's
1: it's an indie band out of Wales. The Joy Fenebitable? Formidable. The Joy... The <laughs> formidable. Hey, you
3: know what? We're going to review this fucking album next. Okay. Hey, hey.
1: <laughs> the Joy for ah. ma- no, 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 no. Nothing says suck more than the title of that band. Yeah.
2: No, th- this this is your last. We're, we're doing no more fan <laughs> I'm not saying he will never be on this show again. I would like to have you back. But Ralph and I are going to pick up the album, buddy. Let's just yeah. get this shit straight. No more fans shit. We will yeah. have fans on this show, but listen to our music.
1: Yeah. All I can say is fuck the formidable. <laughs> so, enjoy. Enjoy joy formidable. Boy,
2: does that sound... I thought, sound it, I thought much, it would have been
3: worse than Hysteria, which I've already had you done. Does do. that
2: sound like some fucking shoegazing, fucking crying, daddy <laughs> love shit?
1: Oh, oh my! my god. God. Dude, we he should has, yeah. we should change the name to our podcast to the Joy Formidable, <laughs> yeah. the Joy the Joy Formidable podcast. So yeah. nobody, so no one will listen.
2: Yeah, we're formidable fluid, and we'll have Lee
4: Gerson
2: <laughs> on that episode. <laughs> oh,
1: oh my! Oh. god Oh my God! But you know, I
3: heard Greg Barnes has some great bootlegs of that show. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got all of them.
1: He's here. <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. Oh, by the way, how about that Devo? Yeah. All right.
4: All right. Well, fuck
2: it. Let's get into Devo. And uh, since you are the special guest here, Mr. T, uh, talk about your, your Devo love and, and why you picked this up. Sure.
3: Um, so, as I mentioned on the, the first time we did, Are We Not Men? We Are Devo. Um, I had gotten into Devo pretty much fairly early from the beginning my um my uncle was a huge fan had all the albums had most of their fucking merch and diva had the best goddamn merch um you know he had the um you know the fucking energy dome, like the flower pot hat um he had the uh the yellow jumpsuit um he had almost he had all the t-shirts he had all the t-shirts from the album that was
1: that was your uncle
3: yeah, we'll all that shit, yeah. Okay.
1: Let me let me yeah. guess. Your uncle is a virgin.
3: No.
2: <laughs> yeah. He he got laid less than a kiss fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Jared. yeah. Yeah, um, let me
1: okay, guess if you if if you get laid less than a kiss fan, then it's zero because that's what the elements <laughs> they get laid. So I, I'm gonna
2: go out and live here and say you have an uncle but not an aunt. <laughs>
1: no, I why?
3: Well, yeah, I well, he's been very crazy. But, um, What's and, his name? Yeah,
2: it's, it's
3: Ron. <laughs>
2: and so Aunt I mean, Ron. I can yeah, hey, Ron. Ron and Uncle Bob coming over. Here. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's listen to some Devo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: let's, let's put on our flower <laughs> pot <upon> hats. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna
1: serve Quiche in a
4: flower
1: pot while we listen to <laughs> the Joy of <laughs> Yeah. Oh
4: man. Woo. Oh, I, my I'm I sorry, i No, oh, it's all right. And
3: so I, mean, I heard like all the albums that he did, shortly sure, like, if they came out, like up and two and including this one. And this is like I think the first one I actually bought on my own. And as I just heard just because I'm not And but I I mean I think like the first I think the first five albums, and this is the fifth one, there's no, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with any of those. I mean, this is my second, this one is my second favorite Diva album. And my favorite being the first one. And then there, I think there's really nothing to really deal with after this. And I chose this one. Because, oh, I wanted to do another Devo one, because I did want to do the first one, with Ralph, but that was when, you know, all the fuckies are all the doors are slammed, and all the, um, I've deleted your number, blocked on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. And... So they well, but I'll just, we'll do this one. So at least I'll really do my second favorite. And also, this is, this is like the fun period for this, for these guys. This is when they're starting to go downhill. Um, Mark is mostly checked out. He is, he wants to do like his, you know, as you mentioned, Rugrats soundtracks and shit like that. And he's not really 100% behind this act, behind this band anymore. He wrote most, he came in with like most of the music already written, but there was like, no real drum parts and there was no guitar and which is really funny because bob one is his brother and he plays a guitar and it's like he just kind of didn't bother write shit for your own brother that's kind of harsh so jerry to go and fix all that stuff and you know you can see like there was they did an interview on letterman in support of this album and you know jerry's really trying to go with it have fun with it and mark is he, you know, he's having some fun too, but you can tell he's a little more antagonistic. He's a little more like annoyed, he doesn't want to do this shit anymore. And so you can kind of see this is where that's going. And then also, this is from like 1982. And I know that during the course of this, there's gonna be a lot of like this sounds like this sounds typical new wave, this sounds typical new wave. And that's because at this time, in eighty-two, I, I did some like half-assed research. My well, half-assed research I mean, I just went on Wikipedia and saw, okay, who released albums in 1982, and these are the bands that I knew were considered New Wave, even if they really weren't, because New Wave was such a stupid, amorphous term, which didn't really mean anything. I mean, fucking cheap trick in the cars were considered New Wave, and I wouldn't consider either of those bands New Wave, but folks did, and I counted in my half-assed research 36 New Wave albums that were released that year, in 1982. There's this is oversaturation, and then after this, I think folks are just sick of fucking new wave. Because in '83, you start getting, you know, more hard rock and metal coming in, and that stuck around a lot longer. So I think that's what killed new wave. Kind of like you know, just oversaturation. Kind of like what I think really killed hair metal was the oversaturation. It wasn't Nirvana making one fucking song.
1: Well, it was, I, I, I gotta say I disagree. I think what killed new wave was. Joy of formidable. <laughs> yeah, they
3: did too. They, it they did not help. No, it did not help. No, it did not help. Not at all. Them and Them and Haircut One Hundred. And
2: <laughs>
4: uh, I love that song out
2: there.
3: Yeah. Do you like anything else of that album? <laughs> no, I haven't.
2: I haven't listened to that one song. Yeah. And, and so, I, I should have stopped. I should have stopped at the KTEL record I had that had Haircut One Hundred on it. But no, I downloaded the,
3: the whole first album. And never. Listened. Oh, Oof. well, you didn't you didn't miss anything. <laughs> uh, I've actually heard Pelican West. All it's right, not, right, It's not
2: good. Well, so, what, about, yeah. what about you and Devo? Because I'm surprised you like this band. You always come up with shit that surprises me. This is.
1: Yeah, yeah. I discovered Devo back in the '70s, watching Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live in the '70s when you're yeah. a little kid like. When you're a little kid like me, Saturday Night Live was kind of like an X-rated show. You know, it was like very, you know, dull. And I would watch it. I would, you know, my parents didn't know what I was doing. Saturday Night Live. I, I, and they had this thing on Devo. where They had this short movie of Boogie Boy. yeah, that weird Boogie Boy guy running around. And then he sees the general. And then they go into the song of Are We Not Man We Are Devo. And for some reason, man, it just... Struck a chord with me. I just found it so eerie, and weird, and strange that Devo always stuck in my mind. Though I didn't buy the album back then, but I remember that. And then you know I remember hearing uh, Satisfaction. Then when MTV started, they had a shitload of killer Devo videos like Love and Anger and Beautiful World, and and I was I loved it, you know. And at that time. It was If It Ain't Metal, It's Crap. So I did not go out and buy Devo albums. But boy, would I watch those videos every time they come on. I was always fascinated by Devo. And yeah, then I bought a couple albums, well, maybe like in the last 20 years or so. I have New Tradition and the first one and this one. I have, oh no, it's Devo. I also have this on final. So... Uh, yeah, but I don't really know much about Devo after this. You know what? What did they break up after this album?
3: No, they released. Um, no. they released. They came out with Shout a couple of years later, and that it just wasn't good. I think it might have had like one song I liked off of it, and um, and even then I really preferred a remix of it instead. Yeah, Here to Go. I liked that one, but I actually preferred a remix that came out a little bit later.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, I'm looking at it right here. Remixed by Joy of Formidable.
3: Formidable, yes. They, they, they <laughs> remixed the shit out of that. And Greg Barnes has the bootleg. And But but then after Shouts, um, Alan said, fuck it. You, know, you guys can use a drum machine. You don't need me anymore. So he just said, fuck it and left. And then they got a different drummer for Total Devo, which came out, I think, in, like, the late 80s, and that just tanked. Um, and they did nothing for a long time after that, because they just kind of, like, you know, Mark was busy really doing his um, his soundtracks and shit, and I don't know what necessarily the other guys were doing. But, you know, just, but, yeah, this was, like, so this was, like, the beginning of the end. I think they did make one other album a few years ago, but I didn't really bother to listen to it. But yeah, Total Devo just stunk. They had like a a song, Disco Dancer, which was okay, but there was a remix that was done that was better. And the weird thing is, is that if you go to like say, Devo's YouTube page, you see like the actual, you know, they have like official video for Disco Dancer, Disco Boy or Disco Dancer, whatever it's called. Um, The music in that is the remix. It's not even their fucking version. It's someone else's version of their song. They put it on their own website. Hey, yeah, yeah, there you. Here's our video for it. Like, okay, so you guys actually heard the remix more, which tells me something. So yeah, but I think well, after this album, you
2: know, you can you can skip Devo after. Oh no, it's Devo. Well, I, I knew Devo like most people by the greatest song they ever did, "Whipping," uh, and I love that song, but it was still sometimes you can just tell that this is the best a band's gonna do and they don't have, (laughs) you know you don't need anything else if you have that song and that's how I felt about Whip It the only other song I knew of theirs uh, that I loved, they did the theme song to a movie called Dr. Detroit that I loved Mm -hmm. and I always liked that Mm
4: -hmm. and
2: that's all I knew of Devo till 1989 I think, or 1990 when they showed it was like the 15th anniversary of Saturday Night Live and they showed this clip of all these different bands that had performed over the years and they showed Devo doing Satisfaction. And I hated it. Oh, did I fucking hate it. I was like, how dare you? I love love that cover. (laughs) You know, the Stones were God to me. And it's like, you're making a mockery, you fucking nerds. You know, I mean, it really upset me. I, I was so like, ugh. But funny thing is, I think it was maybe a year later or whatever that I hear it in, you know, it's in Goodfellas, and it doesn't bother me as much in that, I don't know, maybe it's because I didn't have to fucking look at them like I did on the Saturday Night Live (laughs) clip, you know, in their fucking yellow jumpsuits, but I love the Whippet video. I mean, I've always loved that song and loved Dr. Detroit, Uh, but it was never anything that I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back and check out. And kind of like what Ralph said, maybe in the last 20 years, it's kind of like if something sticks around long enough and people still talk about it, like, hmm, okay, maybe I should check this out. And of course, by then, music tastes have changed a lot. And I heard the first album, and I'm like, hey, man, there's some, you know, good shit on this. It's not, you know, normally what I would listen to. Definitely something I have to be in the mood for. You know, and I would put Devo right there, you know, with me as the Grateful Dead. And I love the Grateful Dead. But I have to be in a mood for it. You know, it's not something I can put on at any time. I have to be in a certain mood. And just, you know, where my music tastes have been lately, I have not been in a fucking Devo mood. I was, I was not looking forward to this fucking... I was looking forward to talking to you, Mr. T, but I was not looking forward to do this album and then oh, we, we thought we were going to record this i think about a month ago but the scheduling didn't work out right but i'd already started listening to it and i put it on, i'm like ah fuck i don't want to listen to this shit
4: <laughs> jesus fucking
2: christ you know oh, man. And, and and then today you know i wake up hungover from last night i'm like okay fuck i gotta listen to it and uh you know, something, you know, Ralph turned me on to something that, that is genius that I'm too dumb to fucking usually follow. When Ralph knows he's going to hate an album or has a good inclination he's going to hate an album, he does his notes on the first listen. And I was like, I should do that. I should do that because I don't want to listen to this shit. But then I was like, you yeah, know, maybe I need to give this a fucking chance. So I'm going to listen. It's only 34 minutes. I'm going to listen to it twice. Twice you know, and do my notes on the, on the second listen and see if anything changes.
0: Who Did
2: You'll see when we get into the songs, but, uh, yeah, I'm just not in a Devo uh, frame of mind. Just like I imagine most of our listeners will never be in a Devo frame of mind. But, uh, fuck it. We'll see as we get into it uh why don't we start this fucker off mr t you are a guest so you take the first uh track time for fun or time out for fun
3: yeah time out for fun um i i i mean i, I do love this song this is like kind of like their don't worry be happy this does have you know b-52s did rip off the guitar sound for this and that's i'll be the first time i say that in this, it's gonna be the last time i say in this fucking album, unfortunately. Um, cause you yeah, had a lot of new wave bands just copied fucking Devo. And I don't really, and I know it's, it's kind of annoying. To say, oh, that sounds typical of New Wave. That sounds typical of New Wave, but I can't really deduct points from Devo for that because they're the ones who fucking started this. It's like, you know, you don't deduct points from Van Halen because everybody copied Eddie's two hand guitar style. I mean, shit fucking the guitar solo for autographs turn up the radio sounds a lot like running with the devil in some spots and it's like so i'm not gonna deduct points from van halen i'm deduct points from fucking autograph so likewise i'm not you know it's like i'm not going to give devo shit because other folks copy their sound so i mean so this kind of like the don't worry be happy tune it's a fun little goofy tune you know but yeah i do love this one i think it's a fine opener how about you ralph
1: Uh, musically, it's a bit more accessible than what they did before while keeping the geekiness, you know, of the Devo, you know, total nerd music. You know, I don't even think the members of Devo got laid. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, but, but it's fun. It's a fun song. You know, it's, it's harmless. It's harmless fun. This is a harmless fun tune. I liked it not something I'd go back to, but uh, it's not something I would turn off. So that's what I think of Time Out for Fun.
4: Alright, well, uh,
1: the first thing,
2: uh, mistake you made, Ralph, is saying this is not harmless, because this is very harmful. I am not in the mood for this shit. This is the worst hangover music ever. <laughs> sounds, like hor- sounds like horrible kids cartoon music. And, uh, Uh, Mr. T, you you comparing, you know, saying the B-52s rip rip these guys off. I don't know. To me, the b 50 you're talking this style of music, the B-52s are Led Zeppelin and Devo are fucking Kingdom Come. Uh, God damn. Uh, Yeah, I am not in the mood for this shit, and even after repeated listens, it doesn't get any better. It just gets worse.
4: All right,
2: Uh, I'll take the the next track. Uh, Peekaboo. I believe this was the uh, second second single off the album um sounds like the same song only in a different pitch uh annoys me now but for some reason i can see myself liking this more in a different mood this is one i get like the second time i'm like all right a little bit less annoying but still i gotta be in a diva mood to listen to this and today i was not what do you think Ralph? A peekaboo
1: best song on here total classic I always loved this song Uh, I used to see that video again I see these videos and this was like when this this song was new you know it was like a world premiere video on MTV and I loved it I didn't run out and buy the album back then but I was glued to the TV by this song this song is very very catchy good driving you know all that industrial shit going on pre-industrial really yeah. And it's just fun. It's just a fun song, and I love like the visuals with the
0: ha 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 ha,
1: you know, the, the the Joker and the clowns laughing. And it's just an awesome, awesome video and an awesome song. I absolutely love Peekaboo. It's my favorite song off this album, Mr. T.
3: It is my favorite song off this album too. Um, absolutely loved it. Loved when I first heard it. Also like you. Ralph, I love the video. You, know, you mentioned like the pirate and also the uh, Joker going that. Oh, ah! and it's just like, oh, I love all that shit. It's it's just a semi ish song in terms of its like, subject matter, but it's just great, catchy new wave synth pop. There's, I have no complaints. Absolutely love this one. I think it's best off the album. It's my favorite. That gets sense it, like out of sync and. And the party kind of ends here. Uh, um, So this is like an... eh, I'm not a fan of this one. It's the longest song on this album. It's my least favorite off this album. Um, I like the pre-chorus. The rest I'm just not digging. This really does nothing for me. It's just loaded with gimmicks. And it's... I'm just like... Yeah, yeah, I'm now maybe feeling like hungover Ian for this one. (laughs) It's like, man i've never really gotten into this one on first listen back in like 82 and you know like, team bajillion years later it's like still not really doing much for me how about you there uh, ian uh
2: this sounds like the cars at five years old uh, total fucking cars rip off and i get it because the cars are far superior band um uh, but the hangover must be wearing off a little bit because it didn't fucking annoy me as much as the first two. So I, I guess I'm out of sync with you, uh, Mr. <laughs> T. I, I've, I found this one less offensive than the first two. What do you think, Ralph?
1: Uh, I love it. And by the way, and uh, I respect your opinion, Ian, but in my opinion, and it doesn't reflect on you or anybody else, I'm just talking for myself. The B-52s fucking suck.
4: <laughs> All right. So yeah, kind of suck,
1: <laughs> this song out of sync. I don't hate it. It's kind of sounds a little futuristic, you know, like the later industrial. You know, took many elements from this song, like this. You know, it's a fun song. It, I, I dug it. All right, I take the next one. Explosions. Oh man, so nerdy, but I dig it as the weird sound effects. I think is catchy on it and uh it's not cool it's nerdy and i dig it (laughs) (laughs) that's what i think of explosions So, so take it away mr t
3: yeah explosions um this one's okay to decent i mean if you want some typical generic new wave well here you go kids and you know, again, I don't think it's Devo's fault that everybody copied them, but I think this song does suffer a little bit for it. I mean, it has a definite B-52's guitar sound here, again. Or rather, B-52's, I ripped this one, the sound off again. And, but, you know, it does have, you know, little some of the sound things are kind of cool. But it's, I mean, it's definitely better than out of sing for me. And so I think this one's fine. Um, how about you, Ian?
2: Uh, well... If the B-52s rip this off, maybe they should rip off the B-52s more often because this is my favorite so far. Or maybe I'm just giving up. (laughs) Maybe I'm just (laughs) too hungover for the hate. But uh, so far on this album, this is my favorite. Uh, I dig this one. And I'll take the next one, which was the first single off of this. And uh, funny story to this, Uh, they have a video, which I've admittedly never seen. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a, a D.Va video other than uh, Whippet. Um, oh my god. They've got, some yeah. Great, yeah.
3: they've got some really yeah. good ones.
2: they got but, uh, awesome videos. But this video was cut by MTV, who had uh, had an issue with a scene where a french fry is jumping through a donut and then a woman smiles. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so MTV called them and said, hey, you know, you, you can have the fry or you can have the donut, but you can't have the fry going through the donut and the woman smiles. And they're like, what the fuck? And uh, then I, I think it's uh, the dude who died, I, I think, was talking to MTV. No, it was, it was Jerry.
3: It was Jerry. I, remember, I saw an interview oh, with Jerry and he was talking yeah. about it. Okay, well, then, then it was
2: Jerry. And he said that uh, uh, he, he brought up a, a Billy Joel video where Billy Joel was sticking his head through these chick's legs and you see a butt or some shit like that. He's like, well, what about that? And they're like, well, that's Billy Joel, and you're fucking Devo. <laughs> so, like, they kind of got put in their place like, yeah, yeah. Billy Joel does what he fucking wants. You're fucking Devo, you fucking nerd. You know, yeah, and but- it's, it, it's so funny that's considered salacious at the time, you know. But... Uh, but it shows you, like, hey, Billy Joel sells records, and you fucking nerds do not.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it, you know, I gotta, I gotta tell you, man, I'm a big Billy Joel fan, and if you would have ask me, who do I like more, Billy Joel or Devo, I'd say I'd like Billy Joel more. But, Billy Joel did not make videos like Devo. Devo in videos, like, right, Billy Joel's videos or whatever, man, Devo was inventive. And they put, like, French fries going through a fucking donut. <laughs> donut yeah. I donut, re- I remember that. Now you're talking about it. I remember that video because the, the fry breaks. Yeah, the one the, time it
3: the breaks, donut. the woman's all pissed off, like, oh.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a cool video, man, with those little stripes of colors and them. And at this period, they were they were uh, potatoes. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah they're little, they they're was, little well,
3: spud rings.
1: Yeah, they were like bud rings before, you know, with the with the cat, the, you know, the, the flower pot hat. Now they're potatoes. That shit's awesome, dude. A band that turns into potatoes. Come on.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of backs up my point. You know, these guys are all fucking smart nerds. I think they'd be better at making videos than making music. Uh, but well, to yeah, me, the... Well, su- man,
1: they man started out ago. doing that. Yeah. But you well, know me what? This- I, would, I would say to you, Ian that you would thoroughly enjoy the videos and hate the music, you know? But the videos, you cannot deny how awesome they are. They're just awesome. I just happen to love the music to it as well.
2: I I believe it and I'll check it out. But to me, this song uh, sounds more like the soundtrack to a tween Nickelodeon comedy. Uh, You know, it sounds like the soundtrack to it. And, And this is the music that these kids would be hearing uh, you know, and then they would cringe in their therapist's office talking about how they got molested while they were making the show. Because that's what happens on Nickelodeon. But, uh, I mean, as far as a song, though, this is some fucking... It's kitty shit, man. It's not... to me, I, I'm sorry. I need some fucking sex in my shit. Either lyrically or musically. It has to feel like it comes from below the fucking belt. And this is definitely some fucking
1: above-the-neck shit. Let me, uh, let me tell you. Uh, Ian, I you say and I got to tell you something. If you're looking for sex, Devo is not the band for you.
4: <laughs> yeah,
1: you're right. <laughs> you, you
2: you're definitely right, but uh Yeah, yeah, th- this one did nothing for me, but uh wh- what do you th- other than the video? Do you like the song, Ralph? Uh what song
1: are we talking about? Patterns? That that's it's good. good. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it, you know, it's not nice to go crazy about, but I, it's you know, it's got a hook. It's catchy, you know. Uh, it's got that. I don't know what a vagina feels like. Music to it, you know. <laughs> it, it rules, and I think that I don't know what a vagina feels like. Music rules. Yeah, hey, I may know what it feels like, but it takes me back to that simpler age before chicks destroyed my life. And I didn't know what a vagina feels like. And I listen and I listen to the song. And it takes me back to my virginity days. So uh, yeah, big thumbs up to this one. Patterns. I dug it. Uh Mr. Mm-hmm. Keith?
3: That would be, that's good. Yeah, I i really do dig this one too. That's good. I mean, it's it's you know, it has yeah, you know, it does have a you know, a typicalish new wave sound, but it really works here. And you know, a catchy tune about greed. And you know, I remember like about that video, and he's about the video controversy. I remember watching an interview where Jerry Cassell was doing talking about that, like many years later, and he's and he's like, "Yeah, they talked about it." And I'm thinking, I don't remember because I remember watching, you know, MTV back in '82. And they were playing the video uncut, and it had you know the donut, you know, Fry going through the donut, woman looking all happy, Fry going through the donut, breaking woman looking all, uh, and. But I guess he did mention, well, it was towards the end, the song was going down, so why did I even bother fighting it anyway? So I guess it would have been later when no one gave a shit about the song anymore, because it was just, it wasn't, It was any chance i had to sniff the charts was even gone at that point. My um, only complaint, it's not even complaining about the song, I think the song should have been the album Closer, not the Closer for Side One. Um, I think it would have gone well with Time Out For Fun have those two like bookend each other for this whole album but i do really dig this and with well that, i
2: agree with you there if this if this album was over at this song i'd be happy
3: <laughs> no but you got like what six more to go my man
2: <laughs> so um
3: so we're gonna let's flip this over and let's get to the first song off second side that's patterns um another one i really do dig um this is another song where like you know now you hear like you know, the Go-Go's were copying the guitar sound off of this one, too. And so, but, you know, I can't, again, I can't fault Devo for everyone else copying their shit. Um, I do like the keyboard work towards the end of this one. I think this is a fun little tune. I really do dig this one. How about you, Ian?
2: Yeah, I see a pattern here, all Lacko right. uh, Lack-o-pussy. <laughs> um, I will say at least this one's different. And you can kind of almost smell a guitar. You know, there's a little bit of guitar on this, and this yeah. is something uh, I was reading says this did turn off some older fans who were used to a little bit more guitar in their sound. But the band said that it was always their mission to, as they went on, to get further and further away from traditional instruments and just to be, uh, you, you know, this computer band. Uh, so I guess, uh, Mission Achieved, uh, but but not a horrible song. I do appreciate the difference it brings when so much of this shit sounds alike to me. What do you think, Ralph?
1: Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about this song, is that it has all the elements of all the songs you hear before it, but it makes it into its own song. And it's grooving, man, I dig it, not bad. You see, this is an album, like, in uh, overall... This I would love to like just put on my turntable once in a blue and turn it up. You know, it's like something that I would like to revisit here and there, you know, not a regular thing. But, you know, just to, uh, you know, change the, the flow of the music that I always listen to. I, 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 would, I would put this album on more. Uh, I do dig it. Though I got to say I am a bigger fan of uh, the first album and uh, New Tradition I like more as well. Mm-hmm. New traditional, what was it called? New tradition, right?
3: The new traditionalists.
1: Yeah, new traditionalist. I like more of those two albums, but I dig this album, man. It's fun. This song's fun, and that's what I feel about that song. Batters,
0: yeah. All right. What? What? We'll
1: what is it? Big mess. Big, big mess. Oh, big mess. Uh, man, no ballads here, huh? You know, but then again, you know, how are you gonna write any ballads if you've never been laid, right? Uh, <laughs> it's it, it, it's a cool upbeat song. You know, I hear elements of past songs again, but you know, they make it kind of interesting on this tune. I give it a thumbs up. It's all right. It doesn't offend me. It's okay. It comes and goes. You know, it doesn't linger and slap me around like a Cure song. So uh, it's all right. I dig it. Take it in.
2: Uh, yeah, this is a big mess of a fucking song. Uh, there should be a law that Devo could only make EPs. I give this uh, a, a one keel fest but, uh, out of five keel fest. Yeah, this only gets a one. I don't know but I don't know what our rating for Keel Fest should be. Should a five be worse than a one? I do not even think
3: a five would be worse than a one. That's like okay, a, well then, then, you, then I'd give this Should it I'd be give, more Keel Fest than
2: five Kill Yeah. Okay, then I'd give this a five keel fest. Oh, this song sucks. Oh. So well actually actually no, I take that back. I take that back because there's something way more offensive coming up. So I will give this a four keel fest. Yeah, this song sucks. So.
3: <laughs> I think I know which one is the more offensive
4: one. Um
3: so yeah, uh, big mess. Um, this is one of two songs that Weird Al took something from when he wrote Dare to Be Stupid. Um, oh he,
4: yeah, it has that. has that opening,
3: that opening keyboard stuff in here. Yeah. He took from Dare to Be Stupid for Dare to Be Stupid, and I, right. I mean, I think that's Weird Al's like best original song. And i have had to put original in quotes because he did kind of take shit from Devo for this. But he made that's a wonderful one, and usually Weird Al's original is just fucking blow, but, but yeah, that one, I, I like that one. But this one, I, I do dig, Big Mass, I mean, you know, it's kind of a, again, it's like, you know, typical-ish new wave, again, you know, again, Mark wrote all this shit at home, and then came in and said, hey, Jerry, fix it for me, um, so Jerry's trying to try to figure out okay, how I'm going to get, you know, Bob 1 to do some stuff, how can I fix the drum parts so where Alan could actually do something instead of a drum machine? Um, but you know, this is like a fun little tune about basically killing stuff and that they, I guess they, it was inspired like some letters that they found that were sent to a game show host. So like one of their first bits, like using like found stuff to come up with layers. There'll be one later, which really does some found footage type things. But yeah, that's big mess. I dig that one. Next one is a uh, speed racer. Um... I really, really do like this one. This is a fun little absurdist song. It's just, it's kind of stupid. It's kind of simple. But for me, it works. Um, And I could see where, you know, a lot of folks wouldn't really care much for this. And, you know, I could see where this being like a tipping point where folks are like, well, fuck New Wave. What else is out there? Because I'm tired of hearing shit like this. Because I get that if folks don't like this one. But me, I really do. And... You know just goofy little simple lyrics and i have seen now obviously in the um here in the album version the barbie doll says i've got some brains and i like sex but in like live versions when they did read it at the same time she, she would say lots of brains and i like to fuck so at least i guess they, well, they might as well clean it up before this is all this is way before pmrc was a thing but they weren't going to bother to put like, drop f-bombs on their on their on their kind of nerdy album. Um, but yeah, I, I, do, I do dig this one. This, this is a fun little absurdist tune. How about you, Ralph?
1: What song are we talking about?
3: Speed Racer. Speed Racer. Oh,
1: my, oh, this is the worst song on here. This <laughs> is terrible. It fucking sucks. It's like there's no thought put into it. It's just a bunch of, I don't know, noises and uh, I don't know. What, what I hear singing on the song makes no sense and it, it doesn't doesn't sound like they put any effort. It's like, oh fuck, let's just let's just press record and do whatever, you know? It's it's terrible. Worst song on it. maybe the worst. Yeah, I would say yeah. As of now, the worst Devo song I ever heard in my life. Speed racer blows. So that's what I can see. I can see why all folks would not like it. I can see it. I can
2: see
3: it. it. Oh,
4: yeah, it's
3: terrible. I, I do. I do dig
2: it though. I Alright, well, I will say sometimes the planets align. And Ralph and I are on the exact same fucking page. This is the Five Kill Fest? Yeah, this is a Five (laughs) Kill Fest worst song by far. I knew it. Based on the absolute worst cartoon in the history of cartoons Speed Racer. Uh, Fuck this shit. I I don't know you know, you look at Speed Racer and it's got, you know, Jap written all over it. But I got to think it was written by the French because it's so fucking horrible. (laughs) And and, and so is this fucking song. Uh, This, to me, is proof that Mr. T hates us. I mean, if you look at the past records this man has picked, he absolutely hates us. I think this is based off the... uh, the, the jealousy of the failure of Cribs and Iron Cast, you know. My, I, had so no I had no part
3: Cribs. I had no part.
2: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's so <laughs> shitty. I thought you were a part of it. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> but, but, uh, oh my God, what did we do to you? Show us on the Dow, Mister T. <laughs> that that you would make us talk about hey, this shit.
1: Hey, I, hey, I, hey, I Ian, we Ian, Ian. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Sir. Do you think uh, all the stuff Mister T is making us uh, review? Do you believe, as I believe, that it's heavy Nazi behavior? What? Yeah. Nazi behavior? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yes, it's kind of like the way they try to infiltrate, you know, from a ground level. You know, he's trying to turn the audience against us. Uh, I did did not have you
3: guys review pornography. Come on.
2: And and he's, uh, he's, he's, he's much smarter than our former co host and trying you know, because you know, he doesn't sit there and write, like, tons of bad reviews, you know, under, you know, different pen names. No, he gets in at a ground level and picks an album that they you know, be like, oh, fuck this show. Fuck this show. You know, I thought it was rock and metal combat podcast. And they come at me with this Devo shit. And he's got the Nazi party behind him paying for this. Because don't forget, oh, yeah. Mr. pays has paid a lot of good money over the fucking years. You that know, was to, that was George destroyed. Soros. Yeah, exactly.
3: I got, I got George Soros behind me. Yeah.
2: He is destroying I, this show from within. And and for that, I got to give him credit, you know. but
1: I, I got to say, I figured something out. Do you realize what the T stands for, Mr. T? <laughs> What's that? Joint Formidable.
3: Oh, I was going to say, going to be Joint Formidable.
1: Gestapo. <laughs> Gestapo. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Gestapo. Her. That's what I think the T stands for. Yes. I, I believe it. I give them
2: an, an A for execution and F for albums pick
3: Hey, I, I I brought up fear. For so yeah. I okay, yeah. okay, that was a good one. That,
4: that was first, a good one. That's and that's and to make Eva. it look not obvious.
1: And, and the first even obvious. Hey, I gotta tell you, man, I'm loving this Devo. Even you know, I'm, don't, uh, yeah, Speed racers suck. but yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm, I I, 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 oh. I,
1: I could see why we
3: thought it would. I, that's why I I that's thought it was Ian's five keel fest, and I was fucking right on. <laughs> ah, see?
2: You're smart. You're a smart man, Mr. T. I can take that away from. That's why you're a fucking lawyer. Yeah. God damn it. You, you know I, you know I how to fuck people good.
3: Yeah, I sure do. No lube, baby.
2: Mr. Yeah, I'm Get like Devo, like who has no idea how to punch people yeah. other, other than putting out albums. Oh, God. I all
3: right. I'll it I'll, once and for the best.
2: I'll, I'll take, take the next piece of shit. What's this one called? What I Must Do. Uh, I am so checked out at this point. I apologize to all of our listeners except for the Kiss fans. The Kiss fans deserve this one. And I will title this. This will somehow be Kiss related. So they get suckered in and have to hear a Devo review. Uh, yeah, this. Oh, God. End this fucking album already. I, Speed Racer just fucking killed me. What do you think, Ralph?
1: Well, it's better than Speed Racer, but it is a bit too nerdy for me. Uh, yeah, this song does nothing to me. Uh, for me. What do you think, Mr. Gestapo?
3: You know, what I must do is skip to the next fucking song. Um, <laughs> this is. Yeah, this just this does nothing it just kind of washes over me too it's i mean the pre-chorus is fine but it's just it's just filler it seems and not even a good one at that it's i mean it you yeah, actually maybe this might be the worst song instead of out of sync i mean they're oh, both speed down racer. there I, I remember yeah i i think it's i I, I yeah okay you, you i actually like speed racer but yeah you guys don't but at any rate let's get the next one i desire um now, I, I do love this one. This is just, this is like different than the other songs. And I guess that's, that's refreshing. And what I really love about this is that they took like a poem or manifesto, or whatever, from John Hinckley Jr. and used that as the lyrics. And that gives us like a nice Frank Booth, I drink to your fuck type of feel to it. And if you think about it, like, this is an 82, and... Hinkley shot Reagan when 81.
4: Yes.
3: So it was pretty quickly after. It was almost like I I put it like up I would I almost I put it up there with like this there was this band um in like a few months after the Challenger explosion there was this punk band I forgot their name.
4: Joy of al- Formidable. Yes,
3: the album was called. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The album was called Teachers in Space, and the album <laughs> the album cover photo was the Challenger explosion. Oh. I know it's like, damn, that is that's that's fucked up, <laughs> and but I really thought like just these and these guys got some shit for you know using lyrics from John Hickley John Hickley Jr. I mean they got some. They didn't get a whole lot because I mean no one was buying this fucking album, but. But yeah, I do really like this one. I think it's different than the other ones on here, and that's actually refreshing. Unfortunately, we have not to be 10 songs in, we get to something that actually sounds different. How about you there, Ralph? Uh,
1: what song? I Desire? Yeah. yeah. I appreciate yeah. them doing a different vibe to the song. There is a, It does sound different, but uh, it falls flat for me, though. It's not something I like, but I do appreciate the, trying to do something different. That's about all I can say about that one. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, <clears throat> much like uh, John Hinckley Jr., uh, th- they missed the mark. You know, they-, they try here but can't fucking deliver the kill shot. This one does nothing for me. I, I do, you know, there is something a little punk rock about it, you know, including Hinckley's note in there, but it's, I don't know. W- with a better song, it could have been delivered a lot better, you know. I don't know. Because it's something that could be... They miss an opportunity to be really serious here and, and talk about, you know, mental illness and, and musically have a song that I think is cohesive with that. But it's the same fucking, you know, bing, bing, boing, boing, you know, video game fucking music. Uh, so to me, it loses the mark of, of what potentially could have been, you know, a very disturbing song about mental illness. And instead, it's just a, a, a shit song.
1: I think I think it would have been better if they named the song uh, "Jim Brady the Vegetable." They <laughs> should have called it "Jody Foster
2: Won't Return My Calls." <laughs> yeah. Um, was, uh, but uh, I'll I'll take the last one here, and that is deep sleep, and that's exactly what this song puts me into—a deep fucking sleep. Fuck you, Mister T. What did I ever do to you? <laughs> uh, that that's what I think of this song. But thank God the album's over. Uh, Ralph, what do you think
1: of Deep Sleep? Oh, I think this one's great. I think it's a catchy song, and uh, it should have been a single, man. I think the song's awesome. I think they ended with a good song. I dig it. I dig Deep Sleep, and I like how it's kind of like, you think it's an instrumental, because the vocals take a while to come in, and while, you know, you're waiting for the vocals, I mean, it's some catchy shit. I'm digging it, man. I like Deep Sleep, one of the better tunes on here, I think
3: yeah for deep sleep i'm i'm with you there ralph i really do dig this one i mean it is a little bit of a rework of peekaboo but again like i mentioned before mark just wrote all this shit and by himself and then came in the jerry's hey jerry fix my shit so I love is going to sound you know repetitive and derivative at spots or at least maybe and this is the second song where weird al took something from to do dare to be stupid, that'd be a little keyboard Ritter rainer Ritter Ritter part in it, and but yeah no oh all no all, I do dig this I do think however that it does do one thing wrong, and that is like you know um Ian's mentioned this before and I have to agree with this like you know when an album closer that, that song should either a um make it. Like, you want to reflip re- the album over and then listen again, or B, get another song, get another album by this band and listen to that. And this really doesn't do that for me. Um, that's good, might have been a little better one to do it for. But I, other than all, I just, I mean, I do dig this song. I just don't, I don't like its placement at all. Well. So, yeah, and that's that closes out my
2: second favorite cable album.
1: Right on. All right. Well, this
2: album was released October 21st, 1982. Produced by the very overrated, in my opinion, Roy Thomas Baker. And, uh, yeah, this was kind of the last uh, hurrah for them. Even though, uh, you know, I, I love what they did next. The soundtrack to the, or the theme song, I should say, of Dr. Detroit. But this is the last one where you really saw Devo, uh, you know, on the charts or on MTV. Uh, and I still don't get how there's two Devo episodes on this podcast. And uh, what the hell is going on there? Are uh, you wrong
1: Yeah, probably. I'm getting ice. Okay. Okay. Carry on.
2: Okay. Uh, I, I still can't figure out how in the fuck we've done two D realms and haven't talked about the best one, Freedom of Choice. Uh, we already in my talked opinion, about it by best. far. Oh.
3: Oh. I thought the first one was the best one. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, you're wrong again uh but there there you go this is uh our uh oh no it's devo which is funny mark mother's uh merle or marl however the fuck you say the name he said they called it that because that's how people reacted when they put out another album like oh no another devo um uh, so yeah and, and i i guess he's right i again i don't hate this band but this was not the album for me to listen to today and uh does not make me want to go back anytime soon and listen to more Devo even though i i know i will i'll never get tired of freedom of choice but uh there you go well now it's time to go into pick of the week and mr T since you are a special guest and this is your final assault uh on this podcast what is your oh, so is it yeah. the joy formidable
3: no um now generally lately what i've been doing i like i like to choose an album that came out the same year as when we've already reviewed, but I've already done one for 82 before when we did fear the record. And I picked um, angry Samoans back from Samoa. So this one, I'm going to go to like a different band. Um, this is from 1980. Another band that was called quote unquote new wave, but I would say they were more power pop along the lines of, um, say, Obviously not as good as Cheap Trick or the Cars. They, they, to me, they have more in common with them than they did with, say, Devo or Haircut 100 or Bow Wow Wow or any of that type of stuff. And I also chose, I want to give this band a little bit of love because I think it's one thing when you're an artist who, writes, who only writes one hit song. It's another thing when you're a band who writes a hit song but it's not a hit for you; it's a hit for someone else, and they cover it a few years later. And that would lead us to um, the brains. Falco. yeah, Falco, yes. That would lead us to the brains' 1980 self-titled release. The brains. Um, they were, you know, this new wave rock band out of Atlanta, and they wrote "Money Changes Everything," which Cindy Lauper covered a few years later. It became like her like fifth fucking hit off of that album so I, I prefer the brains version um it's you know it's a little more a little more raw it's not a perfect album there is some horseshit on it unfortunately but it's an album that i really do dig and you know they had they were only around for like a very few years they had like two albums no one ever heard of them and i thought let's give this let's give this band a little bit of love so yeah my pick is the 1980 album from the brains called the brains True.
1: Hey, 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 Ian! Right on. Hey, Ian. Has yeah. anybody ever built up a song longer? Built up an album, pick of the week longer, longer than Mr. T? Hey, Mr. T. No what? wonder, I, no wonder Iron Cast didn't work out. God damn, bro, that was some long-winded shit.
2: Compared
3: to Greg, Yo. I was terse.
1: <laughs> no, my mind fear. Yeah, Yeah, he's doing that. That that, he's doing (laughs) that. That of torture on us, man. All right, do you have a pick of the week, Ralph, or do you want
4: me to
1: go? (laughs) Yeah, you gotta go. I gotta think about it. All right, well, we'll sing my song. It's the only time that it's cool to say "in" before Ralph, but don't ever do it again, bitch. (laughs)
2: Pick the week. Pick week. Oh yeah. Pick of the week. All right. Well, this one I'm uh, I have a feeling Mr. T might like this, but I'm definitely directing this at Ralph, who recently discovered that he doesn't hate the Clash as much as he thought he did. Uh, he enjoyed London Calling, and I think this would be a great introduction for somebody just getting into the band, other than uh, it's cut the crap, London, right? Colin. No, it is not cut the crap. It's super black market clash. Uh, this was a compilation that was released in 1980 uh, and then was expanded upon re-release in 1993. Uh, it went from, I think, like a uh, nine-track EP to a 21-track album. Um, but it's got a lot of, uh, you know, unreleased songs, B-sides and shit like that. Uh, but I think it works very well overall. Uh, it doesn't feel as disjointed as sometimes, you know, some of these compilations can sound. Uh, I, I think it flows together very well. I mean, uh, 1977, uh, their cover of Pressure Drop. I love uh, This Is Radio Clash, The Magnificent Dance, and uh, the reworking you know, of uh, what's the fucking hit off of uh, Combat Rock? Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's called Mufasa's Dance on this one, Mm -hmm. and and yeah, it's it's a great fucking like remix of it. Usually, I don't like that kind of fucking shit, but I think it fucking rocks, and I I think it's something Ralph would appreciate. So I feel confident making that my pick of the week. Although I definitely uh, recommend, and I think it's the only way you can get it now is the super black market uh, clash. god damn now I sound like Mr. T I keep going on uh, it's the only addition you can get now but it's definitely worth getting and I think uh, new and old fans alike can enjoy it so that is my pick of the week
1: right on All right, my pick of the week is uh, my all time favorite Queen album I'm talking about their second album that's called Queen 2 and i was checking i was actually listening to it a couple of days ago in its entirety and holy crap what a great album you have some some proto thrash with or great battle you have a masterpiece like march of the black queen i think the whole album fucking rules and it's pretty much hands down i went a little while thinking now nah, the best queen album is news of the world then but then yeah then queen two is like nah dude this is to me the pinnacle of early Raw Queen. Because the first album was like maybe their most metal album where this one takes elements of all crazy stuff Queen did in the future too. And you know, threw it in a blender and it's this really killer 70s rock album. But it takes, you know, Queen was very inventive. So they did a lot of shit before a lot of people did. And it's, it's on this album as well. Queen 2 is my pick of the week ah, Produced by Roy Thomas Baker uh, Yeah, I guess I don't know
2: yeah. Alright Well, now it's time to go into uh, Fan of the Week or uh, as we can retell it Gestapo of the Week
1: Yeah, Mr. Gestapo Mr. 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 T <laughs> The T for Gestapo
2: uh.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah. But uh no, oh, Mr. T, you've been
2: here since, shit, damn near the beginning. You've been on, on plenty of episodes, and you're still here. Even though I've got to say, I don't see your presence on uh, Facebook as much on the page. Um, I haven't been on Facebook much,
3: period. I mean, I've done no, a No, I'm the same way. And, I mean, the algorithm now is all fucked up, and it's like, I don't, I mean you know I don't I don't really see like most of what anyone I know posts anymore it's mostly like sponsored shit that fucking blows um but eh it is what it is I mean you know Zuckerberg needs to make his billions somewhere somehow else so he can keep like pissing it away and fucking it, meta
4: so well
2: do you do you still do you stay up to date with the show or do you just wait till you I,
3: I, I sure do stay up to date <laughs> well
2: that that is fucking great, and we appreciate you indefinitely. I mean, every time we've done, you know, our fundraisers and stuff, you're always there, and you know, in most cases, giving much more money than anybody else. So, I mean, that alone uh, shows your dedication to destroying this show, and yes. we appreciate it. <laughs>
4: I'm,
3: I'm, I'm glad you know. I'm glad you like the effort. So yes, I yes. So. Well, I, like, I
4: definitely I like, appreciate. I like. it
1: all i got to say is that mr t knows what's up because he was the one on that episode saying i don't believe ralph said that shit while drunk ass ian was like i don't know
0: man fuck him." Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank
0: I'm... you
3: thank you mr t there's no problem because like i said i i was listening to your stuff like he ain't saying
1: that shit what the fuck is he talking about uh... <laughs> Cray, crazy, either. crazy stuff, crazy stuff. But I, well, like, I'm, we need Mister T. Like I got to thank him personally. Well, you're
3: welcome, man. You know, and I got I got to thank Terrence for trying to do a Bobby Blotzer's Rock and Metal Combat podcast that got you two back together. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> at least Bobby Blotzer played some shows. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs>
2: and I got I got to say we will have Mister T back on the show, but I think we are going to wait. We're going to pull a Greg Barnes on you. And we are gonna pick the most extreme fucking metal album in the world. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the first
3: Ironcast one was at Morbid Angels, so I think i will all be fun.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're gonna to do to you mm. what you did to us, motherfucker. <laughs>
3: I'm just. Telling oh come you on, that. Hysteria. This is this wasn't as bad as Hysteria. Come on. <laughs> hey, I. I, I just,
2: yeah, but I just... Hysteria, Hysteria had comedy gold written all over it. That that's that that is so bad it's good.
1: Hey, all I, all I can say is Speed Racer is the only offensive thing for me, so I dug the album, dude. It's not, you know, something I go back to a lot, but I will go back to You know, I really dug listening to Today, even with its flaws. You know, I, I'm not pissed at you, but like I, I said, but, you can't go wrong with the first five Devo albums. No, no, I gotta say I, I'm not mad at you, but I still have some resentment over that hysteria episode. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs>
3: Well, did I see a video that you said you liked it?
1: Yeah, it was an April Fool's video. <laughs> yeah, episode. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. I made, I, made a, I made a video saying that Hysteria is the greatest album ever made. And I said about seven times on that episode that Hysteria saved the world.
3: <laughs> I'm surprised you have a copy of Hysteria <laughs> on
1: vinyl. Well, it's because it came in that box set. Oh, so. okay. Fair enough. If you enjoyed this episode, you
2: Devo fuckless nerds, come back next week when once again a fan tries to ruin this fucking show as we complete our fan episodes. Next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.